Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. I want God's Spirit to dwell within my heart. How about you? Thank God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Again, God bless each of you who are here, all of our visitors, guests. Thank you. Thank you for being in service with us today. Well, look at that line of young men sitting right here today. Doesn't that look good? Looks, looks great to see young men in the house of the Lord in the front row. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, God. If you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to turn with me to the book of Ephesians. And uh, I would like for us to read a few verses of Scripture here. begin reading at verse 15 Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15 wherefore I also after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all saints cease not to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above, everyone say with me, far above, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. I want you to notice how that the Bible says that Christ, the glorified Christ, is set on the right hand in a place of prominence and authority He's set on the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power, might and dominion, and every name that is named. I want to preach to us this morning about the exalted Christ and the name of Jesus. The exalted Christ and the name of Jesus. Would you ask God to speak to you and give you revelation today in Jesus' name. Lord. Thank you for allowing us to know you. Oh, God, there is no end to knowing you. There is no end to learning from you and learning of you. I'm praying, God, that you would help us through this word today to be able to teach the hearers of the word of God and that they would gain greater revelation and understanding of God, how exalted, how great, and how mighty you are, O Lord Jesus. And you are matchless, you are mighty, O Lord God. You are king and you reign supreme. Let us see you for who you are. In Jesus' name I pray, 
And everyone said amen. amen. You may be seated. I thought of the words this morning that goes like this. There is a name I love to hear and I love to sing its worth. It sounds like music in my ear, the sweetest name on earth. It tells me of a Savior's love who died to set me free. It tells me of his precious blood, the sinner's perfect plea. It tells me of whose loving heart can feel my deepest woe, who in each sorrow bears a part that none can bear below. That's the verses the chorus says, Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. There is a name I love to hear and I love to sing its worth. It sounds like music in my ear, the sweetest name on earth. Hallelujah. The apostle Paul wrote to the Ephesian church the words that we read in our text. And in making mention of them, he said, since I have heard of you, I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, your confidence in the Messiah, you put in your faith in Jesus Christ. He said, I, I cease not to give thanks for you. He said, not only have I heard of your faith in Jesus, he said, but I hear of your love unto all saints. He said, you have faith in your hearts and you have love towards the people of God, your brothers and your sisters. And he says, ever since I've heard of that great faith and that great love that you have, I, I haven't failed to give thanks unto God for you and also to mention you in my prayers. Make petition for you. And this is, this is what he said. I'm praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, the eternal spirit, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The apostle Paul knew that they had an experience that was faith in their heart, an experience that was love in their heart for the brothers and sisters. He said, but I want you to have also along with a heart experience. I want you to have knowledge. I want you to have understanding and revelation. We know today that God is interested in more than just our minds. God ultimately wants our heart. He wants us to love him and serve him from our hearts. But can I tell you that love and that service will be determined by how much we know about him. There must first come knowledge and information into our mind that can come down to our heart to become a faith that we believe. He said, I'm glad and I'm grateful for faith in your heart and I'm happy for the love that's in you and I'm thanking God for it. He said, but there's something else I'm praying that God will do, that he'll give you greater revelation, that he'll give you greater understanding, that God would make known unto you his wisdom and his nature, his character like never before. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. He went on to say, and he, he mentioned it in three 
ways. He said, I have three specific prayers that I'm following up and asking God about concerning you. And he said, number one, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that ye might know the hope of your calling. So I want God to give you understanding that, number one, you could understand the hope of your calling. Number two, what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And number three, what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe? And so I mentioned Sunday night how that the Apostle Paul was a man who desired to know God. He said, I forget all of the things that are behind me. He said that I might know him and that I may win Christ. He wanted to know the Lord powerfully and personally. He wanted to know the Lord in his fullness as the great God that he is. And so not only did the Apostle Paul want to know God, he wanted the people to know God deeply and know God greatly. He was grateful for what he had come to know. But there was a desire in his heart saying, God, open to the eyes of the church. Open the eyes of the believers that they may see things like they've never seen things before. That they may understand things that they have never understood before. I'm just going to say it like this this morning. I thank God for everything that he's taught us. And I thank God for everything he showed us. But God is much bigger than we know him as up to this point. God is much greater than we know him as. Amen. I believe in the heart of every believer there should be a desire that says, oh God. God, you're greater than what I know you to be. Would you show me how great you really are? Would you show me how mighty you really are? Let me not be content with where I am and who I am, but Lord, let there be in me an ever-reaching, an ever-longing, an ever-desiring, an ever-God prayer that's being prayed that says, I want to know you in a greater way. And Paul prayed, Paul prayed heavily for the people of Ephesians saying, God, I want you. I want you to help them to know you in that they would understand what is the hope of their calling, that they may see. And I want to talk about that just for a little bit. The hope of their calling, that they may know the potential that lies within having been called by God. These people were already born again. They had already been washed in the blood, filled with the Holy Ghost, they were, they were right with God. They were ready for heaven. But yet there was something that the Apostle Paul was wanting God to do in them. He said, God, open the eyes of their understanding that they may see the full potential that lies within them having been called unto salvation by you. That they could get a glimpse and a grasp of all that they could be and become now that you have called them into your kingdom and into your salvation. I want them to see the hope of the calling. I want them to see clearly the potential of glory that lies within having been born again. I, I want them to see the enormity of peace that is available to them. I, I want them to see the spiritual pleasure and deliverance and freedom and purpose there is in being born again. I, I want them to know the soul-satisfying enjoyment. Can I tell you, you can be born again and want more. 
You can be born again and want more. And so that's what the Apostle Paul's praying. God, I hope and I'm praying that you'll help the church of Ephesus see the full potential that they have now that you have called them into your saving grace. I'm praying that you'll help them to see the potential that they have to become. I hope you can help them to see what they can become for you and by you. I, I hope that you can help them to see what they are now able to do, that they are my child and my children and born again of the water and of the Spirit. I'm praying, Lord, that you'll help them to know what is available unto them now that they are born again. And then secondly, he said also he wanted them to know the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Notice it's the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Oh, that they could see what God has invested in them. Oh, that they could see what glory resides in them by the indwelling of the Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That they could see the riches and the weight of glory that's available to them by being my child, that they could see the abundance of spiritual things in which they are entitled to, entitled to now that they are my children and have become joint heirs with me. Amen. The Bible lets us know that God is abundant in mercy. How many believes God is abundant in mercy? The Bible says his mercy is everlasting. God has boundless and everlasting love. There is no ends to the love of God. It, 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 it has breadth. It has height. It has depth. There is no end to the searching of the love of God. We talk about the sufficient grace of God. There is an unlimited supply of sufficient grace. There is, there, is, there is a matchless goodness of God. I'm telling you, God's goodness is matchless and it is a mountain that can never be depleted. The, the Apostle Paul said, I'm praying that God would help you Ephesians understand what bountiful supply is available unto you because you have become children of God and join heirs with Christ. I, I'm praying that you can comprehend how much mercy is available to you, how much grace is available to you, how, how, how much love is there in the heart of God that you can understand the infinite wisdom that's available to you now that you are a child of God whatever is Christ belongs to us because we are joint heirs with Christ everything he has is available to you and I today I'm just trying to tell you whatever you need today God wants you to understand that he's got a bountiful supply of that and he will readily give it to you and the Holy Ghost is providing that and supplying that in the church in this day hallelujah 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 when I talk about the glory of God and this is just a personal definition of mine when I talk about the glory of God we're talking about all of that God is we're talking about the sum total of God's nature. So when we say we feel the weight of God's glory, we're not just talking about one thing of God. The glory 
is the magnitude of all of his nature and character. When we feel the full whale of glory, we feel the beautiful holiness of God. We feel the love of God. We feel the miraculous power of God. We feel the grace of God. We know the mercy of God. That's what the glory of God is. It is the fullness of God as he comes and manifests himself. What I'm wanting to show you again with that definition in mind, the Apostle Paul said, I am praying that the Ephesian church would understand what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. I'm just telling you all of that is for us. There's an unlimited supply for each of our lives. Whatever we need, we can have confidence that we're joint heirs with God. We're joint heirs with Christ. And all that he is and all that he has is available to us for us to experience and to enjoy. When we talk about the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, we're talking about God's ability to impart. God's wealthy. God is rich. God has a bountiful supply. Whatever you need, to become what God wants you to become. He has it and he gladly gives it. And he wants us to know that he has it. Whatever we need, whatever we need, he has the ability to give us that and the willingness to give us that, to help us to develop and to grow, to be shaped, to be formed, to be molded into his image, into the fisher of men, the, the reacher uh, uh, for lost souls. God has the ability to make all of us what he wants us to be. We got to believe that his mercy never ends. We got to believe that his grace is a great big mountain that's greater than our sin. We got to believe today, amen, that God has the ability to teach us and to instruct us uh, and to touch us and mold us and make us, uh, amen. I just believe I've got a rich father, amen, that I'm joint heirs with today and whatever I need to become what he wants me to be, I can have it. And he stands ready to give it to me. Number three, he was praying that they would understand what was the exceeding greatness of God's power to usward who believe the power that is extended to us, the power that's available to us, the miraculous strength, the power of God, the ability that God has to work miracles. Do we still believe today that God is a miracle worker? I'm just telling you, it's so good to have understanding and faith that we can have confidence that there's nothing that God cannot do. He can do anything. He can do everything. There's, there's no mountain too great that God can't give us the power to speak to that mountain and move it out of the way. The mountain can be a mountain of opposition. It could be a mountain of resistance. God has the ability to enable his people to climb over, to cast out um, and throw away any mountain of opposition. God has the ability to help us overcome carnal hearts um, and carnal minds. God has the ability to help us overcome weak flesh. God has the ability to give us um, uh, the strength to be able to go forward in the face of every adversity. God has the ability to touch us by his power and his anointing and enable us um, to do battle and spiritual warfare in this wicked uh, and perverse generation. He has 
has a power that is directed towards us to help us to overcome Satan, to overcome sin, to overcome our flesh. I'm so glad that we can have confidence in the miraculous power of God. We're nothing within ourselves, but we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm glad we can say with the Apostle Paul, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. It doesn't matter who's with me, who's against me, who's for me, whether I'm by myself. All I need is the Lord. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Hallelujah. And so we're talking about the working of the mighty power of God within our hearts. The working. It doesn't matter who works against us with unkindness. It doesn't matter who treats us in a mean or inconsiderate way. It doesn't matter what they say or what they do. They don't have greater power than God has. We don't have to become evil like them. We don't have to be unkind like them. We don't have to become ones that... Re- turn railing for railing or unkind words for unkind words the power of God that is available to us to work within our hearts is greater than any power of darkness I'm preaching today about the exalted Christ and the power of the name of Jesus and let's go on and read the scriptures in the further portion of our text the Bible said that we could understand what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. He said, the power that's working in you is the power that raised up Christ from the dead. The work that he wants and wills to do within us is like unto the work that he wills to do and did within the man Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead. That transforming power, that life-changing power, the ability to bring that which is dead unto life. He said that is the work that Christ has directed toward you as an individual. It's a miraculous power. It's a life-changing power. It'll make a changed individual out of you, a new creature out of you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, amen. And so he said he wrought it in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, in the spirit, in the unseen, in the heavenlies, beyond the sky. Christ is. He's a glorified Christ. The Bible said, it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we we know when he shall appear, we shall be like him. So we don't know what we're going to be in heaven in total fullness and understanding. So we don't know what the glorified Christ is. But we know that when we see him, we shall be made like him. And so he is now in a glorified state. He is the glorified Christ. He is our intercessor. Can you stay with me a little bit longer? He is our intercessor. He is our mediator. He is our daysman. There is still an essential work of Christ in this day. Christ is central 
and essential to our salvation. Christ is our Savior and he continues the work of salvation in our life. He saved us, but he is presently continuing to save us and to keep us in this wicked and perverse generation. And so he is central and he is essential to our salvation. The Bible says he is set on the right hand in a place of power, authority, and headship in the spirit. And he is setting, verse 21 says, far above. Far above. That means greatly higher. I'm talking about today the exalted Christ and the name of Jesus. We want to understand this morning by the word of God that Christ is far above anything and everything. He has been set and seated in the right hand of God in a place of power. That man, that lamb, that sacrifice, that intercessor, that mediator, that important part is setting far above all things. He's higher in rank. He's higher in position. He's higher in power. He's greater in authority. He is far above all principality. The word principality there just simply means some type of spiritual chief. It doesn't matter what other spiritual powers there are in this world. There is none greater or higher than Christ himself. They may be chief, but they're not the chiefest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Christ is greater and exalted today. The Bible also says he's far above powers. Powers just simply mean potentates. Uh, in, in the spiritual sense, any angel that would have any sort of power, Christ is greater than that angel. And it also says that he is far above might, which means force, any force. God, Christ, is greater than any force. There's, there's other spirits and there's other powers, but there is no power greater than the power of Christ, the power of God. Hallelujah. The Bible goes on to say that he is far above dominion. That is, rulers who have majesty, rulers who have dominion. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what kind of power gains control of any city, of any individual. Christ has greater power than that ruler that has gained dominion. Ha hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to tell you this kind of preaching needs to be preached in this generation never before. We're, be, we're becoming a, a world and a society that is more secular, that, that has more ideas and more religions and more philosophies, uh, amen, that is available and believed by more numbers of people than ever has been. We need to preach the exalted Christ uh, and the glorious, wonderful name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. He's greater than principalities which are chiefs. He's greater than powers which are potentates. He is greater than might which is forces. He is greater than anyone that has dominion. 
which is rulers that have gained control over particular people or areas. Christ is greater. Christ is greater. Amen. It goes on to say that he is far above every name that is named. Doesn't matter how wonderful a name may seem, how great and what that name represents or the power it represents. There is no name that represents greatness and power greater than the wonderful name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. He has a name that is above, far above every name that is named. Not only in this world, the Bible says, but in the world that is to come. It is a name that is exalted now and it will forever be exalted. It will never be diminished. It will never be less than it is today. The name of Jesus is high and exalted. He is great and he is all powerful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible said, And he hath put all things under his feet. All things are now subject to him. And gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Gave him to be the head over all things. I'm glad that we have understanding this morning that Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. There's nothing beyond his ability. There's nothing beyond his strength. There is nothing that he cannot do today. He is able to do anything and everything that we need done. The Bible said he is the head over all things to the church. Hallelujah. Amen. You think about the supremacy of Christ. He is the head of the church. Whatever the church needs, it will be supplied. And Christ has sufficiency to grant unto us what we need. Hallelujah. All of the elements of this world, the physical works of God are subject to him. Hallelujah. All of the earthly kings and rulers, all kingdoms and nations are under the control of Christ today. All of the angels in heaven with all of their ranks and orders are subject to Jesus Christ today. All of the fallen angels are under his control and are not able to injure or destroy the church of the living God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you today, the word of God explains it. He is exalted. He is exalted. He is high and lifted up and he is still on his throne today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We praise you for your excellent greatness. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. So whatever the church needs today, whatever you as a part of the church, uh, the body of Christ needs today, you can have confidence that the head will supply it. Uh, he's got the power. Nothing can keep the goodness of God from coming to you. Nothing can keep the help of the Lord from coming to you. Nothing can keep the grace of God from reaching you. Nothing can keep the presence and the power of God from touching you. Nothing can keep you from becoming what God wants you to become you can have faith you can have confidence you can have boldness he is the exalted Christ hallelujah hallelujah 
When you receive the Holy Ghost, you gain power to tread on serpents. When you receive the Holy Ghost, you gained anointing and authority to pray in the Spirit and win the battle in the Holy Ghost. We got good news today. Amen. Cigarettes and addictions, amen, and alcohol and drugs don't have greater power than Christ has. We got good news today. He sits high on the throne. He's still great and able to deliver. Hallelujah. That's good news. He won't take it from you, but he'll help you with it. Hallelujah. If you'll give it to him and place it in his hands, he's able to touch you today and transform you and let you know the greatness of his mighty power. Hallelujah. 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 The message of Christ is, is that the bound don't have to be bound anymore. Amen. People that thought they could never break loose can know that God can set them free, that the Lord is able to liberate them. Church, that's why we got to tell it. We got to tell it to everybody we meet. We got to tell it to everybody we see. We don't have to doubt it. Christ is exalted above every power and dominion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sickness and disease is subject to him. Demons are subject to him. Blindness is subject to him. Leprosy is subject to him. Deformity is subject to him. Hallelujah. I believe God just wants to kind of show us himself in a fresh way today. He wants us to see again he's God. He's great. He's mighty. He's the head. He has unlimited power and all things are subject to him. And where there is an individual that will submit themselves to the working of his mighty power, they will know the greatness of his strength. They will know the greatness of his touch. They will know the deliverance and the saving grace. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. When the disciples walked with Jesus upon the earth, they come to know that Jesus could do anything. Jesus could do everything. That there was nothing, nothing greater than the power of Jesus. They come to know that when he cursed something, it was cursed. When he blessed something, it was blessed. They come to know that when he said, be healed, the individual he spoke to would be healed, no matter what disease they had. They come to know it didn't matter what demon may have taken control of a life, even possession of a life. They come to know that Jesus had the ability to speak to that demon. And just by the mere speaking of his word, the demons had to obey his commands. The disciples come to know that when Jesus was casting out demons, they just couldn't go anywhere. They wanted to go when he cast them out. But where they went was determined by his sovereign and divine will. I'm just trying to tell you not only does he tell demons they must flee, but he tells them where they can go. 
He sets their bounds of habitation. Talking about a mighty God today. A mighty God today. A mighty God today. They come to know that Jesus was willing and that Jesus was able. Hallelujah. 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 And through the process of time, he told his disciples in John chapter 14, verse 13, Whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do. Verse 14, he said, If ye ask anything in my name, I will do it. Have you ever heard or have you ever told any of your children like me telling Madison? Madison, go tell Mariah to come here. Tell her, Daddy said, come here. It makes a difference when you put in there, Daddy said. You understand? Or tell them, Mama said. It makes a difference who's saying it. Because there's a bearing of authority. There's a bearing of power. And I'm going to tell you when Jesus says it, it happens. And it makes a difference. And the Lord said, I want you to go into this world and I want you to tell them that I'm able. And when you go into this world, I want you to know you're going with my authority and you're going with my anointing and you're going into with my power. Hallelujah. You're going with my backing. You're going with my sanction. You're going with my blessing. And so when we pray, we don't just pray casually. We pray specifically. We pray in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. When we pray we do it in the name of Jesus. We say be healed in the name of Jesus. We say receive peace in the name of Jesus. We say be delivered in the name of Jesus. We say be set free in the name of Jesus. Why? Because that's the name of power and that is the name of authority. He told his disciples when you go out and you teach and you preach and you pray for people, I want you to ask in my name. Whatever you ask in my name, I will to it. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm just reminding us uh, that the Lord says the way to experience uh, that great and unlimited mighty power is to pray it uh, and to speak the name of Jesus. Uh, invoke that great name that represents all power in heaven and in earth. Hallelujah. So it was faith. It was faith that the disciples come to know Jesus can do anything. And so when he sent them out, they, they had belief and confidence in their heart. There's nothing Jesus can't do. Jesus can supply any need that that individual has. And Jesus told his disciples, freely you have received, freely give. Don't hold it back. Let it go. No, no what is that? No holes barred? Just let it go. Give freely. Don't say Jesus will heal you if you'll serve him. 
Just go out. Share the good news. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. Freely you have received. Freely give. Just go tell everybody. And when they went out and they saw someone was sick or someone came to them that was sick, when they came and said, would you pray for me? There was no doubt in their hearts as the apostles that Jesus was able. They prayed in total faith saying in Jesus' name, hallelujah, that that need would be supplied. I just believe this morning that God is trying to create greater faith in our hearts that when we call on that wonderful name of Jesus, we are calling on the strength and the supply, the healing, the miracle working power. Hallelujah. We can have confidence that the Lord will and is going to supply that need. Hallelujah. We understand, and this is why sometimes we've got hesitant in this generation, is that God don't always work a miracle with the first request, but we just keep praying because we believe that he is able, he's God, and he's on the throne, and he can do it, and we pray until something happens. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The exalted Christ and the name of Jesus. There's so much that can be preached about the name of Jesus this morning. But I'm just reminding us that that name represents who he is and all he has. When people of the Old Testament made a sacrifice, there there was a red heifer that was offered for a specific purpose. And, and they would bring a red heifer in and that red heifer would be burned on the altar in the Old Testament and they would take ashes from that red heifer and they would collect them in a bowl. And the specific purpose of that uh, gathering of ashes placed in a bowl, they would put them up because there would be particular times in which those ashes would be used in a ceremony. So what I'm trying to show you is that there was a sacrifice and then there was the remains of the sacrifice that was left that was available for future and further service of the work of God. What I'm telling you, when Christ died on the cross and gave himself as a sacrifice for sin, there was a residue that was left over. There was something that was left available to us to use in the work of God and that is the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is the residue of the cross. When he died on the cross, he died a sinless man. He overcame sin. And when Christ was raised from the dead, he overcame death, hallelujah. And he has the keys of death and hell, hallelujah. And you and I understand the authority and the power that Christ has and the residue what's left over for you and I from the sacrifice of Christ is the glorious, wonderful name of Jesus that we can reach up and get a hold of and say, I can have power over sin. Christ will give me his power over sin. Christ will give me his peace. Christ will give me his salvation. Christ will give me his deliverance. That's where in the book of Romans, Romans 10 and verse 13 says, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, 
shall be saved. We live in a generation that says the name is not important. It really, what's, what's amazing is that we live in a generation that, that believes the scripture in Colossians that said, whatsoever you do, do all in the name of Jesus. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do in the name of Jesus. But when it comes to baptism, they want to not use the name. They want to pray in the name of Jesus. They want to seek the assistance of Jesus. But, the, but when it comes to baptism, they, they don't want to baptize in the name of Jesus. I wrote this down this morning. If a person will forget their church's tradition, if a person will forget their church's tradition and just open their Bible and read the Bible and desire to be baptized the way that every person in the Bible was baptized, they would find somebody that would baptize them in the name of the Lord Jesus. Jesus died on the cross for us. Jesus shed his blood for us. Who do we want to wash our sins away? We want Jesus to wash our sins away. That is the name that has all power. The Bible says, let me say it again this morning, Acts 4 and 12, neither is there salvation in any other name, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The saving name is the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, the name of Jesus matters today. Speak the name. Pray in the name. Now again, the Old Testament people were afraid to speak the name of God. Jesus wants us to speak his name. He wants us to do it reverently. He wants us to do it respectfully. But he wants us to speak his name because that name bears his power, his authority, and his anointing. He wants us to pray in the name of Jesus and he wants us to speak in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because when you pray in the name of Jesus, you're invoking all the power that Jesus has and all the ability that he has and all the strength that he has. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. So speak the name of Jesus. Pray the name of Jesus. Call on the name of Jesus. Let God be great. Let God be mighty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Would you pray with me one more time? In the name of Jesus, God, I love you. God, I thank you for your word. I pray, God, that you're helping us. I pray that every hearer of the word is able to receive, God, the revelation and the understanding that you're endeavoring to impart to us today, O oh God. In the name of the Lord, that our lives could be transformed as we see you exalted and high above everything, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love you. I love you. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Neither is there salvation in any other name, for there is none other name. Under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. The name matters today. It matters who you're calling on. It matters when you say, Jesus, Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Would you stand with me today? I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, God. Today is, and I may mention it tonight, but today is when the world as a whole and the Christian world celebrates what they call Pentecost Sunday. This is right close to 50 days since Easter. And so, this is the celebration of Pentecost Sunday. And I want to remind you where the Bible said when Jesus was about to leave the earth and ascend into heaven, he told his disciples, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. He came as the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that's Christ in you, the hope of glory. I'm wanting to build your faith to tell you that when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, Christ literally took up residence in your heart. You received the Spirit of Christ. You have overcoming power. You have strength. That overcoming ability, you have it in your heart. Yield to that Spirit. Allow that Spirit to work fully and freely within you. That's the blessings of the gift of God and the power of God working in your life. Is there anything you need to overcome today? Is there anything you need direction on? Is there anything today you need God to give you peace about? Christ stands ready and willing to help you with that. There's people here in need of salvation today. There's, there's habits and there's sins addictions in your life there's sins in your heart you need pardon from you need deliverance from he wants to save you today he wants to Jesus wants to help you today all you have to do is just humble yourself before God confess your sins Say, God, I'm sorry for my sins. Change me. I can't break this sin, but I believe your power is able. I can't change myself, but as I yield to you, I believe you're able to change me. Would you change my heart? Would you transform my life? I believe in the greatness of your power. God, you said in your word, whosoever shall call upon your name will be saved. Today I call on that great saving name of Jesus. Save me from my sins. Forgive me, wash me, cleanse me, deliver me. Make me a new and changed and transformed individual. Hallelujah. I wonder why we're praying today. Is there anybody in the building that has a need in your life? Is there any need in your life, any area that you need Jesus to help you? Hallelujah. Would you be willing to come seek the Lord? Would you like to take a moment? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you have any needs in your life? Would you like to call on the name of the Lord today? Would you like to ask and receive? 
Hallelujah. Would you let the Lord meet your needs today? In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I love you.
you for your faithfulness to the house of the Lord. God richly bless you. Thank you for all of you who join with us in this weekend of consecration and prayer, making sacrifices unto the Lord that God may be glorified.